1: You are Locked On Washington Football Team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: You are Locked On Washington Football with the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. I'm Dave Harrison, joined as always by Chris Russell. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection of life below prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Welcome to returning listeners. New listeners, if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. When we are not here, find my partner, Chris Russell, over at Team 980, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, with his radio partner, Pete Methurst. You can also find them on the Odyssey app, as well as this podcast, also, find Chris covering the Washington football team in writing for si.com on Twitter at WrestleMania621. I am at DHarrison82, and the show is at locked WFT pod. Chris, I think I've broken the rust, shaken off the dust now that I'm back from my vacation, my break. I appreciate you giving me that time. It's good to be back with you.
0: Yeah, it's good to see you, good to hear you. Uh, the show isn't the same without you as. Uh, Many of our fans would say, please, God, don't give us any more of that Russell guy. Please, Harrison, don't let us down. Come on back. No, we missed you. Uh, and obviously, uh, <laughs> it was a busy time last week, as as many Julys are. The Washington football team, David, might not own the offseason anymore. They might not be the off season champs, as they used to be known as. No, instead, they own late June and early to mid-July. That's what they own. That's what they dominate. And while you were gone, as I'm sure, obviously, you know, and as we discussed, on a couple of different episodes last week that everybody can go check out if they haven't had enough fill is Dan Snyder fined $10 million. Tanya Snyder takes over not only as co-CEO, but she's going to essentially run the day-to-day operations while Dan concentrates on the stadium and new business projects no suspension, no written report. I don't know where you want to start, but you didn't have a chance to weigh in. So I'm just going to put you up on a pedestal, give you a bat to swing away with and take it away, my friend.
2: Yeah, I mean, my, my biggest thing with this whole thing, and I know you've written about this and I've read that work and it's great stuff. So if, if any Washington football team fans haven't read about it, by all means, you know, go go seek that out and read it. It's it's the written report or the lack thereof, right? I mean, I think, and and I go back to, the james winston you know call it scandal incident whatever you want to call it, with the uber driver and when that whole thing came out and his suspension was handed down and it was revealed that basically his camp his side you know whatever you want to call it and the nfl pa and the nfl had agreed in the course of this punishment to not release all the details to the investigation and all that does from for the league is create more seeds of doubt it just plants more seeds of doubt the, the public already doesn't trust you you know, the media doesn't trust anything that you're putting out there. Uh, and, and I get that they're making money, and that's why, Roger, you know, a lot of people when Roger Goodell got his new contract are like, why would Roger Goodell get a new contract when he seems to be, you know, in, in a lot of ways probably the worst commissioner the NFL has had. This is why. It's it's because, one, he's protecting the shield, and, two, he's making the money. And that at the end of the day, guys, that's, that's really what he is there to do. So it's, it's not that he's not doing his job. It's that he's doing his job at the sacrificing of public trust, and confidence, and while it's not hurting the brand right now, I don't know how many more times they can do this kind of thing, especially in the light of some of the things that Dan and the franchise in general, or members of the franchise were accused of doing with, with the way that society is working to, I mean, you literally have like coach King is, is someone that's being held up and, and, and shown as this great, you know, way of moving forward and progress. And the team has done a lot of good things. Don't get me wrong. And I appreciate them all, but you need that transparency and you need that to kind of just just come out with it and say listen this is what happened if the 10 million dollar fine fits the crime then show it lay your cards on the table what this shows honestly and what people are going to assume and what they're going to be left to assume is that the punishment doesn't fit the crime and that you're basically burying a lot of what's been going on and what's happening and that doesn't sit well with a lot of people obviously based on the reactions you know on social media i think i just saw one person respond to a tweet Saying that Dan has a lot of supporters as well. Well, if he does, they're very quiet supporters, you know. So call it, call it what it is. Um, that's my biggest thing because the ten million dollar fine, ten million dollars is a lot of money to everybody, right? But given Dan Snyder's net value, so in comparison, I did the math just so that people could have something to relate to. The average American, right? Which you know everybody's different, but the average American right now is worth about seven hundred and fifty thousand so dollars. That's net property, you know assets all that stuff. $750,000 is what the average quote-unquote American is worth if you were to be fined the same percentage of your net worth that Dan Snyder just got fined you would be fined $3,000 given everything that this franchise and, and listen as the owner you don't have to be completely involved in everything that happened it is your organization it is your company it is your business you are the leader you are the figurehead you are responsible for everything that happens, good and bad. There's a like, you're the one that steps up and grabs the Lombardi. You know what I mean? When when the Super Bowl is won, you are the first person to touch the Lombardi. You are also the one that eats the crow when it's time to eat the crow. So I just uh, there is a sense of a lack of closure and a lack of finality to this whole thing. And honestly, given the history of the league and other situations and scandals and problems, it's not going to go away. We're not going to get the answers that we want that everybody wants, and I feel like the public deserves. Um, And that the victims deserve. Uh, They're they're not going to get the acknowledgement they should get. They're not going to get all that. Now, with the addition of Tanya Snyder, I think it's it's more of the same of the of the organization realizing that they have to do things out in the public. That's where you're going to get your transparency. You're not going to get it in the details of what happened already. You're going to get your transparency in in what's happening moving forward how much Tanya is actually going to have as far as like decision-making and all that. I don't know. I'm not going to comment on that. I can't really do that. But basically what this is, is the franchise saying, listen, we're putting a woman in a position of power because the theory is where a woman is not going to let this happen again to more women. So, you know, that's another step in the right direction. As long as Tanya is, is actually about that fight. You know what I mean? Now. And and I don't want to and I'm not speaking on Tanya Snyder do not take this as that cuz I've never met her Chris. I know you have but listen the bottom line is human beings are human beings there are some women out there who don't give two craps about the stuff that's going on that has gone on and if it was going on with them around they wouldn't care about it happening in the moment either you know what i mean so i'm not saying that's who Tanya Snyder is but that's basically what the franchise is doing saying listen we're putting someone next to Dan essentially i'm going to call it for a lack of a better term to babysit him that's that's basically what this is is listen, we're not just sending Dan in to, do, to, to make sure this organization starts moving right. We're also sending Tanya with him. And right. it's kind of the stereotype. And I mean, I live the stereotype. The wife keeps the husband in line. My wife puts me in check. I'm okay with it. I'm, I'm, I've been to war twice. My manhood is, is intact. Um, so that's kind of my ball of dough reaction to everything that's happened over the last, you know, 72 hours to four days uh, while I've been gone.
0: You know, I'll just say something real quick because I know we're tight on time. I'll just call it institutional ignorance.
2: Yeah, I like that. You know,
0: in a nutshell, that's what it's been like. Washington football fans got all upset when Dan Snyder said, you know, hey, I got to be more involved. He's been plenty involved in the football operations, not since necessarily Ron Rivera got there, but in the past with Jay Gruden and Mike Shanahan and Jim Zorn and so he's been plenty involved. Dan was too involved there and way too uninvolved in the management of the building, his organization, and trust me from a guy who's worked in that building for 5 years, There was an arrogance and an elitism amongst male employees and executives that showed in every way, David. And it made it a very, 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 very hostile work environment for a lot of people. And and at times, quite honestly, myself included, but I can't imagine what women truly had to go through on an everyday basis.
2: Yeah. Well, in in theory and hopefully, and I think the right people are in place, I'm confident that those days are are behind the Washington football team franchise, and better days are ahead for all involved, uh, you know, no matter how this whole thing has gone down. Now the eyes are, are moved towards the future, and I think that they're on the right path moving forward there. Uh, the, the the next snag they could hit is the branding, but, you know, we'll get to that when the time comes. Um, it's not easy to run an organization, period, but you have to be involved in order to do it, and I think that Dan's, Dan's attention has been grabbed. Um, so that's his his investment into sports. You guys listening to this show, most likely you are not uh, in that position to have that type of investment in sports. but if you want to invest a little bit of your own hard-earned cash, you can do that. And if you do so, we would like you to do it with our friends over BetOnline.ag. The fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season, of course, is still going on. Basketball playoffs, the final started yesterday. Hockey playoffs should have ended on Monday, but those Canadians sticking around, giving the Tampa Bay Lightning a little bit of pushback, which just means more hockey for the rest of us. And while we don't have football... Let's watch some hockey. UFC MMA action still coming around before the next game. Head over to betonline.ag. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the action as these teams prep for their runs through their finals and hopefully to a championship for whichever side wins their games. Head to the website now. Get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. When you sign up, BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
3: Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
0: All right, this is the Locked On Washington football team podcast along with David Harrison. I'm Chris Russell, pleased to be joined now by Omar Smith, who is the Morgan State defensive backs coach, former Arena Football League head coach, and as well did the Bill Walsh Diversity Fellowship with the Washington football team. And is going to be rejoining the WFT down in Richmond for the start of training camp before he has to get back to his normal job. And Coach Omar Smith is with us, kind enough to join us here on LOWFT. Coach, uh, thank you very much for your time. Hope you and your family had a great 4th of July weekend. Thanks for doing
4: this. Not a problem. Thanks for having. Uh, thanks for having me. Anytime.
2: And coach, like Chris said, I mean, you've already spent some time with the Washington Football Team franchise, got some coaching in, giving those NFL players some some work and all that. What if what has been your takeaway from that small portion of time you've been able to spend with franchise already, uh, and how you're going to take that into this next chapter?
4: Uh, the first thing that um, I, that I noticed was just the, the culture that they're building. Um, I think it's going to be very conducive to winning long term um, under the stewardship of. Coach Ron Rivera, um, his reputation precedes him. Everything that you hear about him is pretty much spot on. He's about the, the little things that being detailed, and you know his his staff works diligently in preparing the guys uh, to play, and uh, they have talent. So when you have those two uh, those two things, you have a you have a shot to be be successful. Coach, when when,
0: when a coach or a leader says culture. And that's a big word for Ron, you just mentioned it. That's what every coach I would assume is trying to install. What does culture mean to Omar Smith? And how do you you describe it?
4: I think for every coach is different, but uh, there's some main lines that are universal. Uh, In in my estimation, it's uh, what you do every day. How you go about your business when your 10 toes hits the ground. What you do when people are looking. What you do when no one's looking. How you go about your how how you go about your business. Uh, your preparation. Your attitude. How you interact with people. Your mindset. All of those things, uh, in my estimation, uh, encompasses what culture. Uh, what culture is
2: Yeah and coach I mean a lot of good things Obviously going on there With the franchise and, and obviously you've had A very good experience With them But if there was one thing Like if this thing Was like a cake And you kind of Take one slice of that cake And take that wedge Back with you uh, to, to your full time job What would that Kind of one thing Part of this culture be If, if you could isolate that Into one specific detail
4: uh, I would say uh, Be thorough In how you Interact and, and and deal with players Regardless if they're Professional or their high school kids or Pop Warner kids uh, or college kids. Be thorough in, in, in teaching and getting uh, players, conveying to players what it takes to be successful. Uh, I think a lot of coaches spend a lot of time on the end goal. Uh, one thing that I've learned is pay attention to the little things and stick to that. And if you believe in the technique and the fundamentals of whatever your, your process is, then you have a chance to be successful.
0: Because every every player and every individual learns differently, right? Some learn by yeah. practicing, some learn on the chalkboard, some learn by watching extra tape, some learn and, and respond by yelling at them, some don't. How hard is it as a coach at any level? And you, again, Morgan State right now, uh, uh, AFL, you know, championship, uh, you know, again, your time with the WFT, how difficult is it? to kind of figure out what buttons to push on a kid or a player or a young man. Like, is that as hard as as it seems? I mean, it seems to me like it would be a challenge to kind of identify, okay, how do I get the most out of player fill in the blank?
4: Yeah, it's uh, it's extremely difficult, but at the end of the day, it's, a, it's about relationships. If you invest in knowing someone, then you got a better chance to get them to where they need to get to. Um, if your relationship is service level, then you might not know what buttons to push or how to motivate or how to inspire or how to teach in a way that they, that they will properly receive the information. So um, everywhere I've been, uh, relationships and having a true admiration and caring about the people you work with, that allows you to be able to learn about a person and being able to you know teach uh, and motivate and inspire, as well as being able to learn from them. Be able to take a player's feedback and say, "Hey, how could I have te- taught this concept better? Or how how did you receive this? Or did I do a good job explaining these things?" Uh, so, for me as a coach, I'm always trying to learn while I teach. And uh, at the root of it, it's about building relationships. If if I know and I have a good relationship, and I show this person that I care and I want the best for them, and it's genuine then I'll, they'll unravel some things that will allow me to, like, all right, this is how I can teach him. This is how I can inspire this guy. This is how I can motivate this guy. Or I can maybe yell at this guy, but not this guy. But if you don't put in the work and the effort to learn that about him, you wouldn't know those things.
2: Absolutely, Coach. And, and of course, you're getting this opportunity to show what you can do at the pro level with the pro staff, learn from them as well, obviously, as, as in networking venture as part of this program and it's it's one of many programs and it seems like every season there are more and more programs coming up and all of them geared towards making the league Better in giving talented people opportunities. Um, they're still relatively young and they're relatively new, really, in, in the grand scheme of things. How important do you think they are? And and even have you talked to Coach King at all? I mean, another person who maybe you know two decades ago, even a decade ago, maybe ha- would not have had the opportunities that she's had, uh, along with some of the other coaches in the NFL uh, and yourself now
4: in this program. Yeah, without a doubt, uh, I think is extremely important and. Uh... Uh, once I knew that I was going to be uh, doing the internship with uh, WFT, I made it my mission to seek out uh, Coach King um, because she's a trailblazer. Um, whether she knows it or not, she's a trailblazer, and she's opening opening doors for females that come behind her. So uh, it was important for me to just sit and talk with her about her journey and what her mission is and what did she learn through her, her experience and uh, got some, some good information from her.
0: Uh, Coach Smith, you mentioned Ron Rivera is what his reputation is. And, I, you know, honestly, because of COVID, we've only met with him as a media group once in person. But we talk regularly on Zoom, like what we're talking about now. So I think I have a pretty good feel for him. Jack Del Rio is kind of a guy that we don't know as well what was your impressions of of him working obviously on the defensive side of the ball? When, when you think Jack Del Rio, what do you think uh, now that maybe, and how does it differ from maybe what you thought before this opportunity versus now that you've had the opportunity?
4: Well, I, I'm on the mindset. I don't uh, kind of, I don't paint a box until I know someone. So uh, Mm -hmm. just being in the building and sitting in meetings, uh, he, he, he knows so much football; it's it's unreal. Just be able to sit and pick his brain, and just hear him dissect things, and you know, uh, talk about defense. It was a great opportunity for me to learn, um, you know, and a little bit of time that I've talked with him, just picking his brain as, you know, him being a head coach and being a defense coordinator, and him playing a position. So there's a different level of knowledge in all three of those spots. So uh, it was uh, – he has some very profound stuff that, that they're doing defensively that uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of, and, you know, he, he, he is a football guy.
2: Yeah, and Coach, you know, obviously, like, like Chris said, you know, your full-time gig at Morgan State awaits you Uh, upon your return and after your experiences here with the Washington football team. I don't know what the NCAA rules allow and permit and don't permit, but have you had the opportunity uh, to reach back and talk to any of your players at Morgan State through this experience? Uh, And if you have, what have those conversations been like? What are they asking you, trying to glean from your experiences? Or if not, what are you expecting to take away from them? What do you think their reception of you and what you have to bring to them after this experience is going to be?
4: Well, I mean, I'm in contact with our players quite a bit. I mean, even during... Uh, OTAs and minicamps when I was down in Ashburn. I would check on my players uh, every couple of days. And, you know, once uh, OTAs OTAs were over and minicamp was over, I was back in the office, um, you know, <clears throat> um, doing some virtual meetings with our guys. Um, mm-hmm. It was just, it was great to to express to those guys that how much work and how much luck you have to have to be able to, play at that at that level that top level you have to be diligent you have to stay healthy some things have to fall your way and uh you have to you have to impress in everything you're doing that's one of the things i talk to to our our players about is you're always being evaluated whether you're a true freshman coming in you're a senior on your way out when you go to the you know the combine or whenever you are always being evaluated so you need to have that mindset and if you want to play at that level you got to have a special talent but you have to you have to be special outside of just being a great athlete
0: All right. Once again, that was part one of Omar Smith's conversation with David Harrison and myself. Again, Omar, as you saw, wearing the Washington football team gear, he's gearing up to go back to Richmond for training camp, or at least the opening part of training camp in both Richmond and a little bit of time back in Ashburn with the Washington football team before heading back to his normal and full-time job as the Morgan State University defensive backs coach, former A head coach and champion. Again, uh, part of the Bill Walsh diversity uh, internship or mentorship program that the NFL puts together. Uh, Certainly a great insight. Uh, Coming up part two tomorrow on the next episode, you're gonna hear Omar's specific thoughts on guys like William Jackson III and Jimmy Moreland and Benjamin St. Just and Jamin Davis. Trust me, you're going to love some of the things uh, and some of the uh, things that he broke down and gave us. Uh, That's coming up on tomorrow's episode. This was just part one. We continue along right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. Where was Chase Young ranked? We'll tell you next, but first we ask, did you know that Bilt Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor? I love the limited time flavors because you never know what you're going to get. You're always going to get something a little bit different. I've had birthday cake with sprinkles. Uh, I've had grasshopper. I've had all sorts of different surprises from my stock of Built Bars. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. And if you don't know the Standard milk bar flavors? Well, here's a little hint coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie. That's David's favorite. Peanut butter brownie, one of my favorites. Double chocolate and salted caramel. There's something for everyone. You can get a mixed box if you're not sure which of the flavors you like, or if you want more than one flavor, you can get two of each of those nine flavors that I just mentioned, and they're healthy for you. It's not like eating a chocolate bar where you feel guilt. Nope. It's high in protein, low in calories, low in sugar, low in net. Carbs and it tastes great. It's great for a dessert or meal replacement or an after workout treat. So order today at builtbar.com and use the promo code locked15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that's builtbar.com. Use 15%, I'm sorry, use promo code locked15 for 15% off at builtbar.com.
2: Today's episode of the Locked on Washington Football Team Podcast, also brought to you by our friends over at rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of vehicles, it's literally impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you're going to need. Why spend 30, 50, even 100% more on the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you can go to rockauto.com? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump, is gonna cost you about $350 from a chain store, while it's just gonna cost you $216 from rockauto.com because their prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you can need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy to use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in their How did you hear about us?" box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, RockAuto.com. Wrapping up today's episode of the Locked On Washington Football Team podcast. Dave Harrison and Chris Russell on Twitter at Harrison 82 at to 621 The show at locks WFT Pod. Back together after my week-long break. Chris, appreciate you covering for me as always. And now we're back together. Three episodes this week, three episodes next week, and then we're back to five episodes a week as we gear up for training camp preseason, the regular season, and we'll be, we will be back for five episodes every week until the Washington football team is celebrating a Super Bowl win in Los Angeles in February <laughs> of 2022. In order to get there, Chris, they're going to need a very solid 17 plus game performance yeah. from their young edge rusher Chase Young and courtesy of Jeremy Fowler over at ESPN under the ESPN Plus flag. He has ranked his top 10 edge rusher. Well, not really his, he surveyed uh 50 executives, coaches, players, and scouts to build a list of a top 10 position group players, starting on Monday with the edge rushers that came out. Chase Young on that list, but why don't you run down the list and let the good listeners know where their Chase Young landed?
0: Yeah. So again, as you mentioned, like 50 uh, you know, guys that he polled. So, I mean, this is you know a comprehensive polling and sampling. So they came up with Miles Garrett, number one. T.J. Watt of the Pittsburgh Steelers, number two. So we stay in the AFC North for the first two picks. Then Joey Bosa, who, oh, by the way, comes to FedEx Field week one with the Los Angeles Chargers, not the San Diego Chargers. No, no, no. Khalil Mack, number four of the Chicago Bears, Chandler Jones, number five. This was a little bit surprising. Arizona hurt for a good deal of last year. Von Miller, speaking of being hurt, well, he was hurt all last year for the Denver Broncos. So we don't know how these guys are going to return. And then number seven on this list of top 10 edge rushers is Chase Young after a rookie year. Obviously, the second half, David, as we've talked about many times, much stronger than the first half. But to be fair, he was neutralized in the card playoff game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So overall, this is, I think, a pretty strong rating for Chase Young. What else jumped out at you about either what Fowler had to say or the ranking itself?
2: Yeah, I mean, I like the ranking. You know, again, there's always a little bit of grain of salt to be taken with these lists, how are people evaluating in them? And I think when you're when you're a media entity, when you're Jeremy Fowler, and you're going out to these these players, personnel, scouts, executives, and you're saying we're gonna we're gonna vote on these players, you can't really put them in too much of a box, right? So you're kind of at the mercy of how they see everybody. So it's interesting not only to see what the final list is, but also to see the window. So Chase Young ranked as high as and as number two overall. So there is one person, at least one person, in this fifty person group. That put Chase Young second overall in all the edge rushers in the National Football League. That's pretty high praise. Maybe it was, I don't know, Ron Rivera or something. Um, (laughs) Then his lowest ranking was 12. So there's actually someone out there, at least one person, who thinks he's outside of the top 10. That might be more consistency. Obviously, being a rookie, he's only done it one year. You know what I mean? He didn't exactly Mm -hmm. lead the league in sacks or anything like that. So maybe he's just wanting to see a little bit more in the stat box. But something that Jeremy did involve in his write-up is a quote, Uh, from a veteran NFL defensive coach. Again, nobody's being identified in these. These are all anonymous. But the quote that he put in there was, quote, he's going to be dominant for a very long time, called him a monster. You can see that coming out of Ohio State. He not only had the massive talent but acted like a professional before he got to the league. He knows what it takes, and his get off is already one of the best in the league. End quote. That right there kind of shows you why Chase Young, even after one year. And, yes, he did get neutralized in that playoff game. But, listen, there are a lot of very, very talented pass rushers in the NFL that had to face that Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive line, and it had a very hard time doing so. One of them being Cam Jordan, who we'll talk about tomorrow. But Chase Young, for for a rookie coming in here, I mean, being ranked seventh, he's 22 years old, and I mean, let me let me confirm this with a quick scroll. He's the youngest guy on this list. Uh, you know, uh, just just to be thorough, I'll check it. But yeah, confirmed. He is the youngest guy on this list. So. There's no reason you're talking about a top 10, no reason to be upset with a seventh place ranking. And honestly, if he can build on that rookie season, not have that Mm -hmm. sophomore slump, I think we're talking about chase young in the top five on this list next year.
0: Yeah. And and that's probably a a good spot. And as again, as I mentioned, Von Miller and Chandler Jones, both coming off of injury. um, So you never know how a guy is going to respond to that. What I like about chase is you know, in the first half, he definitely was not as noticeable. Part of that was because he was dealing with the hip pointer, which he said was really hurting him going into the season. He balls out against a bad Philadelphia offensive line. You know, then he gets hurt in Cleveland in week three. Then it's a couple of weeks before he gets back kind of feeling himself again uh, with the groin and the hip. But once he starts to turn a corner, that's when you can see the light bulb goes off. He's not maybe thinking as much. He's more reactive, more using his elite athleticism and strength and strength to really kind of not only be a great pass rusher but just as important to be a very very good run defender overall or at least a playmaker in some big spots inside the red zone. The Joe Burrow forced fumble, the fourth down and goal stop in Pittsburgh and that big win on that Monday evening football game whatever it was that's where he really made his biggest impact and you're right he should probably be in the top five maybe he'll be in the top three who knows uh by this time next year he certainly has a lot of help around him right he's going to be part of what we all think is going to be a dominant unit and that means he's going to stand out even more uh as as we saw that unit do during that four game winning streak around thanksgiving All right, that's going to do it for us right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. We'll do the defensive tackles coming up uh, and more in the next episode. Plus, we'll have part two of our Omar Smith conversation. You'll want to hear what he had to say about William Jackson III. Uh, and more on the Washington football defense. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. If you have a question or a topic you want us to discuss, send those in to LockedWFTPod at gmail.com or call in and be a part of the show via our voicemail line, 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577 locking in your phone and give us a shout this is the locked on washington football team podcast
1: if you're looking for the most comprehensive nfl draft coverage this offseason look no further than the locked on nfl scouting podcast